0: Here we go Season finale Season 2 finale Season finale Season 2 finale Of Goodbye Mellowbrook Road Brought to you as always By Bodybuilding.com Your one stop shop For all things fitness Bodybuilding.com Click the link in the episode description To learn more Kelsey She is um She's the one On this season finale And uh So yeah We're talking Disney songs So that's a good time what do you think about that? I mean, like I know what I think about it. What do you think about it? That's the eternal question. And last episode on the Thurgood Nerds Network, I'm gonna be. I'm moving on. I don't have. The t- I can't devote time to the network properly anymore. So this is it. Season two finale. Be it is not the series finale though. We will be back. I'm aiming. To come back with Season 3 sometime in the summer Maybe? Maybe September again though If that's how it shakes out We'll have some fun things along the way though Because Avengers Endgame is coming out So it's Game of Thrones, final season Season 2 finale, Kelsey, love you, thank you Here we go Oh, and thank you to everyone at the network You're all great Kelsey, thank you This episode of Goodbye Mellow Brick Road Is a very it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a special one. It's one near, both near and simultaneously dear to my heart. Um, we have on the podcast today a very special guest. Uh, she is long awaited, uh, long sought after for the podcast. Um, all of the sponsors for this podcast said they would not sponsor me unless she was on. She was named Miss Missouri eight years in a row. Um, she is the reigning winner of both So you think You Can Dance and American Idol. She is, she has a 4.5 GPA because they thought she was just so smart. And she knows how to whittle, uh, knows how to bowl, knows how to fashion leather from old uh, old bovine. She is currently wearing a To Infinity and Beyond t-shirt and a bowed mouse ear concoction upon her scalp to give you a little clue of what this podcast will be about. But it is, of course, my platonic work friend, Kelsey Elliott. Kelsey, thank you for being here.
1: Thanks for asking me. I know you have been asking and asking and
0: asking, and I finally said yes. (laughs) Yes. She said yes.
1: Did you catch the tangled reference? Because that
0: was in there. (laughs) She's very ready for Disney. I'm so ready. Nobody knows what we're talking about, though, so I don't know. (laughs) Well, we'll introduce the topic in a second. How are you? I'm good. I'm well. I'm great, actually. I'm talking
1: to you on this podcast about my favorite things, so I'm really excited.
0: Well, what are your favorite things? Are they whiskers on kittens?
1: No, not really.
0: You know you know I prefer prefer mouse ears. What about guinea pigs? Oh my god, mouse gear is a pun on mouse ear.
1: You didn't know that?
0: I never thought about it. Should we talk Should we talk about Buzzy? Rest in peace Buzzy? Oh,
1: poor
0: Buzzy. Shout out to Buzzy. If anyone has any information about Buzzy, please tell me. I still
1: can't believe it. I'm still shook by the whole the whole thing.
0: Don't tell the police department. Just tell us. We want to know. I could give a shit if he's, like, found. I just want to know what he, where he is. I'm just curious. How about you? Are you curious? I mean, I'm curious,
1: but I don't, I don't really know if I want that information.
0: <laughs> Would Buzzy make your list of your five favorite Disney characters? You know, probably not. But <laughs> I,
1: I have some pretty important like you
0: know top five characters so I'm sorry, I'm sorry Buzzy. I just I just can't I can't commit to you. <laughs> <laughs> She's too busy with Buzz E backwards Lightyear. I don't even think Buzz is in my top
1: ten.
0: <laughs> wow, you know of all the Disney characters top ten, that's a big slight against the Tim Allen voiced space toy. I am sorry. I have my own favorites and my own opinions. <laughs> Are you a fan of the Apple Dumpling Gang? Sure, why not? <laughs> she was laughing, just so you know. Okay, should we introduce, we're going to introduce the topic in a second. What's going on? What's going on? What's up with you? Are you first on the call sheet? Excuse me? Are you first on the call sheet?
1: Yeah, of course I am. Am I, am I not always first
0: on the call sheet with <laughs> you? I mean, sure, I don't have any productions, but yeah absolutely you know so we've done (laughs) i've done many disney types of podcasts on on this before but i've never we've never done disney movies and we're not doing disney movies still and we're not doing disney characters despite a little bit of a hintarino at the beginning there but we are doing and this is this is the season two finale of Goodbye Mellow Brick Road. So we have to go out with a bang. And so we're not just doing our top five Disney songs. We're doing our top ten Disney songs. Kelsey, how do you feel about this?
1: I'm so excited. I've been, I've been waiting. You know, I think it's probably a top ten because I couldn't pick just five. But I feel like you couldn't pick just five either. No, I could not. <laughs> There's too many good ones. That's why we have to talk about all of them
0: so you've you actually have listened to the podcast before you're one of the two and um so we do it you know this but just for the listeners we are going to do it where if i say a song that i have say in my number nine position but she has it in her number four position she's not going to disclose that right away so we can keep that suspense building because the odds are her number one is probably going to be somewhere on my list and vice versa and we're actually i'm going to i'm going to start it off here you're the guest so we're going to end on you end on a high note um, oh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna have to check my list real quick Because I don't remember I just changed the order of these And have not committed them to memory yet So, we're gonna Ah. just uh, the order, huh? Huh? You just changed the order? I just reordered it I had a different song at number 10 And I switched them around And I put I actually knocked one off the list To put it into my honorable mentions instead oh, no. So My number 10 song It is from the soundtrack that is probably the soundtrack curated by the most famous artist that Disney has employed to do the music for their movie. And it is Phil Collins on Tarzan. Number 10, he's singing You Will Be In My Heart. And it's just... I remember it's a part of the Happily Ever After show at um, Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom. And I remember the first time I saw that show... My friend and friend of the podcast, Matthew Waltz, actually said to me, he's like, this is the song that when I get married, I will want to dance with my mother at this. And I was like, oh, that's really sweet because it is like kind of like a nice mother son song from Tarzan. It's probably the best song from Tarzan, unless you're one of those trash in the camp fans. But you'll be in my heart. It's really sweet. It's very moving. Um, A lot of hands were squeezed when we watched those fireworks towards the tail end of respective programs during that song. So it's got see, it's got it's nestled right into my heart, my cold, icy, dead heart. It's nestled right in there, and it will always be one of my favorite Disney songs. Even, I think it was actually the first movie I saw in theaters was Tarzan. No, that's that's a lie because I was going to, but I, then I split my head open on on the banister, so did not see Tarzan. But Kelsey, how do you do? You have any thoughts on "You'll Be in My Heart," or do you want to wink, wink, table those until later? I
1: mean, I might wink, wink. It, but i will say that i do also love the song and the whole squeezing of the hands thing is so accurate except i think i was also bawling at the time yes. that we were all holding to each other so <laughs> i'm not sure how much of it i actually heard but i i literally felt it in my heart <laughs> but yeah I'll, t- I'll table the rest of my comments about it
0: <laughs> you felt it in your heart
1: oh definitely
0: it would be music, in your heart
1: music was right through me what can i say
0: you are a music kid at heart aren't you
1: you know, I really am. All the choir, band, theater, I kind of, I kind of know music pretty
0: well. You know everything. She's a Renaissance woman. In case all you listeners on the podcast didn't know it, that,
1: I think that's just what Dave
0: thinks. It's true. Think about all the things you did. You were a Girl Scout, right?
1: Yeah, I was a
0: Girl Scout. You're a Girl Scout. You know how to make bread. You can sing. You can dance. You can act. You can bowl. You can. You you're like an amazing science student. Help me out here. I'm forgetting some things, I'm sure.
1: Oh, no, I don't think so. I think you flatter me too much.
0: What other clubs did you do? Band, you know how to play the flute. That's a that's an instrument, folks.
1: That's true. I do you know how to play the flute. I've played several of these songs on the flute.
0: <laughs> yes, and it is, it is quite lovely.
1: <laughs> well, not sure how you're going to feel about this as being number 10 for me. But it's from my favorite movie ever, which is why I was kind of surprised that I put it at number 10, but I just, I I can't really pick any of them because they're they're just all so good. But it's Beauty and the Beast, and it's all about the classic. Like, every time I hear the the opening, like, note of it, I just, I'm immediately, I'm captured. That's it. I'm I'm done. And every time I can just... picture the ballroom scene where they're dancing and I remember being a child and watching this and thinking oh that's what my life is gonna be I'm gonna dance just like that in that ballroom to this song it's gonna be great and it's like the musicality of it is just so beautiful as well and it's just it's a classic
0: so um when I sent you the video of me playing the opening chord on piano how did that make you feel
1: I felt a lot of things, did you, did, of which I can't
0: describe. <laughs> did you fall more in love with me than you ever had before? Oh,
1: absolutely.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a good pick. Obviously, Beauty and the Beast has one of the great Disney soundtracks, and that's the pinnacle love song of the movie. So, I mean, it's it's right up there with some of the most memorable Disney songs of all time, but I can confirm at this moment it is not on my list.
1: Wow. I'm I'm a little heartbroken.
0: I I just I love Beauty and the Beast it's probably my favorite um, sort of standard Disney movie Um, but yeah uh, I had a couple other songs ahead of it
1: I'm really surprised though because Belle is your favorite princess
0: Belle is my favorite princess Um, she as as anyone would know she is the best princess because and she's I mean I saw a lot of my friends posting pictures with Belle in her Christmas dress and I got really jealous but, you know, I met Belle in her French town outfit, so, you know, I'm not going to brag about that. Just going just gonna to let that sink her. I know.
1: mean, then, then I won't brag about how I met her in her gold dress, you know, the one that's in the song that I just listed.
0: Well, I met her in her gold dress. They just wouldn't let me take a picture with her.
1: It doesn't count. It was Enchanted Tales with Belle. <laughs> it
0: does count because it was Belle
1: it wasn't a meet and greet with Belle. you you just happened to be there while she was doing stuff
0: you know i recall a certain kelsey when this first happened to me was very sympathetic and was like oh that sucks dave and now you're just roasting me
1: i mean it's a podcast i kind of i feel like i have to roast you a little bit but i mean i can table that too if you want
0: all these flavors and you choose to be salty
1: you know me <laughs>
0: yeah it's made of salt <laughs> Uh so yeah, good pick. Number 10, good pick. One of the best Disney songs ever made, probably. Um my number 9 pick. Um I think it's let me let me just double check here. Yep, it is the oldest song on my list. Um we're going we're going back to the 50s with this one. Um from probably the Disney song that is the oldest that is also like my favorite old Disney movie is what I is how I will phrase it. Um it's just every frame of this movie is like a painting, and this scene is no exception to that. Um, it did drop a little bit in my list when I realized <clears throat> that I can't put it up as high because it does take the melody from a classical piece of music, but I'm still going to give the edge here to Once Upon a Dream. Mm. It's it's the It really is the crown jewel song of Sleeping Beauty, um, but it, as I said, it does put lyrics to a melody that is pretty commonly known. But beside, like, aside from that, like, it's got really great vocals. I think Mary Costa is the one singing it as Aurora. And the two of them, even the little spoken dialogue in the middle of it, when he's like, you said it yourself once upon a dream. It's just, uh, it just, it really warms my heart. And yeah, I have to give some love to one of the classic songs, right? Absolutely.
1: No, absolutely! And I love that song, but I'm sorry it's not on my list Oof. at all. Definitely, definitely in the honorable mention for sure, because I do love that song.
0: And you love that Prince. I mean, if Belle's my favorite oh. princess, he's Philip is your favorite prince.
1: Philip is absolutely my favorite prince. I would love to dance with him during Once Upon a Dream. I will just put that out there in case Philip might be listening. But I'm listening. I mean, do you want to be Philip? That would
0: work. Do you want me to be Philip?
1: Sure.
0: Well, my, I think my favorite prince is Purple Rain. Really? Mm-hmm.
1: Why?
0: I don't know. Like, when he played it at the Super Bowl halftime show, it really was, like, a really seminal moment. Probably one of the great Super Bowl halftime performances of all time, except for when the Red Hot Chili Peppers jumped out from underneath the stage during Bruno Mars.
1: I'm not really familiar with any of these, because <laughs> I'm not... Not a huge train of football, so I don't really watch the Super okay, Bowl. Okay, the football. halftime
0: show is not football.
1: I know it's not football, but it's in the middle of football. Like, yeah, so... I, I go to a Super Bowl party, it's for the snacks, so I'm not really, like, paying attention to anything else that's going
0: on. Are you a fan of the the Super Bowl commercials?
1: Yeah, those are good. <laughs> Do
0: you have any particular standouts that you can think of off the top of your head?
1: Honestly, mm, No. <laughs> They're not they're not high up there, like, the way that some, some things are. I don't think I watch I watch them enough. You know how some people kind of go through YouTube and they watch all the Super Bowl commercials all the time? Yeah, I'm not one of those people.
0: I really like, there was one about Macy's. It was, like, I think the 150th anniversary of Macy's, or just, maybe just the 100th, um, but it was about Macy's, and it was, like, all different clips from uh, media over the years about Macy's. Like, it had Jerry Seinfeld talking about the Macy's Parade, It had Miracle on 34th Street, obviously. It had... And it was just, like, everyone saying, like, Macy's, Macy's, Macy's. And I just, like... It was just really nice. Like, I really like uh, montages like that. So it really appealed to me as a kid. I get that.
1: What
0: is your What is your number nine (laughs) pick before I keep rambling about Macy's?
1: (laughs) Um, My number nine is from a classic Disney movie that's actually being remade this year. And I'm so excited and I can't wait to cry in the theater. But... I just can't wait to be king from The Lion King. I love it. It's it's kind of like my pump-up jam. I listen to it before interviews and tests. It really just it gets me in the mood to, to be a king, I guess.
0: When you said it's being remade this year, my first thought was baby mine because of how much you love Dumbo. And then before I even had a chance to think of a second thought, you ripped out The Lion King on me and... Yeah, was that one of your favorite parts of Philhar Magic?
1: Yes, absolutely. I think I think honestly, it's probably why I go into Philhar Magic mm-hmm. as often as I do. Yeah, for people who don't know me, I go into Philhar Magic every single time I'm in Magic Kingdom. I don't think there's been one time I've been in there where I haven't gone into Philhar Magic.
0: <laughs> well, I would actually um, say the opposite. Like that's probably my least favorite part of Philhar Magic, just because like. The way they do the other songs, like, I love the other songs probably slightly more than I Just Can't Wait to Be King, but the way they do it is, like, Donald's kind of, like, in the story, but then, like, I Just Can't Wait to Be King is kind of, like, there isn't really a story, it's just everything's chaos, and it's more artistic than it is, like, a story, and, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's great, but, like, I love the, the smell of jasmine in a whole, the whole new world sequence, and the smell of pie and Be Our Guest, but yeah, no, I mean The Lion King is great and that's one of the great songs from it and I'm really excited to hear Donald Glover. Wait, it won't actually be Donald Glover though cuz he's plays Adult Simba. That's disappointing. Maybe he'll do a cover of it for the soundtrack.
1: That's possible. We'll have to we'll have to see what happens. I'm really excited. I know I get nervous when some of my favorite songs get done by other people cuz I worry that it's not going to be as good or I'm not going to like it as much and
0: what were your thoughts on Emma Thompson doing Beauty and the Beast taking over for Angela Lansbury?
1: I mean, I liked it. I really did. But I just, I'm such a fan of all the originals that I can't, I can't kind of get past that. And that's just a personal flaw of mine.
0: No, it's okay. I understand where you're coming from. I mean, that's what you grew up with, so that's what you know. But like, I mean, there there is merit to them, obviously. Uh, that's why they do the new songs, too. And it's also, like, they gotta compete for those Oscars. Gotta get those trophies! Gotta get the trophies, you know? Um, but yeah, Emma... I remember the first time I heard Emma Thompson's version, I was so sad at the end, because she didn't say, off to the cupboard with you now, Chip, it's past your bedtime. But then I remembered, like, no, I think this was probably the right decision, because that's Angela Lansbury's line, and, you know, it shouldn't be said by anyone else. Yeah, I kind of
1: agree with that, but it does it does make you sad, because you, you're kind of left with something's missing. Yeah, And it just it just hurts a little
0: bit. Did you like I for, I should have mentioned this in the first when you first mentioned beating the beast. We're barely even talking about I just can't wait to be king. But beating the beast, did you how did you feel about the John Legend Ariana Grande cover?
1: To be honest, I haven't listened to it.
0: Oof. He <laughs> played in the tunnel sometimes. That's
1: that's true. Okay, so I have listened to it kind of unknowingly not really aware that i'm listening to it subliminally it was good but i don't know i i tend to stay away from the the remakes
0: they uh i mean i remember when they released the trailer for the movie the version of the song and it was unbelievable it was so incredible and i was like i can't wait to hear this song and then they released the song and it was a different version it was like Auto-tuned and kind of poppy And it's like it's still good Because it's John Legend and Ariana Grande But you know It wasn't what I was expecting And I was like so let down I was like Oh my god That would have been so amazing I don't know There's probably a reason I'm not in charge of movies But you know maybe Maybe one mistake Happens every now and then Maybe you
1: could be in charge of movies Yeah You never
0: know Take that Uh Iger (laughs) Bring back Buzzy Iger Stop turning us against each other
1: you know, you know, maybe we should just go to your
0: number eight. So. <laughs> oh, she's doing more hosting than I am. My number eight is actually going to be the most recent song on the list. Uh, I guess now that it's 2019, it did it did come out three years ago. It is try everything from. No, I'm just kidding. It's not try everything. I'm just I'm just joking around. It is that's not a bad song though. But you know, I, I'm just I'm just having a I am having a laugh. If we can't laugh, what do we have? anyway and it did come out three years ago though it is you know i went back and forth a while i was like i think where you are is my favorite song from moana and i was like no 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 no. it's this one no 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 it's this one but at the end of the day i fell in love with the song from moana the power ballad the i wish song it is how far i'll go um ali'i cravalho is a really beautiful singer She's a great voice, perfect for Moana, and this song is just one of the best I Wish songs that Disney has ever done. Um, might, I, I would might go as far to say it's the second best I Wish song they've ever done. Uh, we'll get to the first one a little bit later, but How Far I'll Go is perfect for the movie. It's just, I think it's better than Let It Go. I know that was a big comparison when Moana first came out, but yeah, Moana, one of my favorite Disney movies, had to include a song from Moana. What better choice than How Far I'll Go, right there at number eight.
1: You know, I I agree with you. I love that song. Unfortunately, not on my <laughs> list, but <laughs> honorable mention. But do you think that having it as part of the fireworks display kind of helped you pick that one over the other ones because you heard it so yeah. often and you heard everyone's like reactions to it? Because like, if anyone's ever been to the fireworks, you know, as soon as Moana comes on, everybody is screaming and singing, and it's amazing. <laughs>
0: You know, you know me so well. That's, it's probably very accurate. You know, it probably very much cemented that as the number one song from Moana, in my opinion, because of its presence there. Like, it's, I heard it every night for five months. And, you know, it's hard for any song to even come close to that. When you get down to it, it's just so beautiful. And hearing that every night was an absolute treat. And, yeah, hearing the people, when you're on Main Street, hearing everyone get really excited when Moana would come up. It's nothing like it, really. And that, you're right. Yeah, you know me so well. That's probably it.
1: <laughs> I try. I try very hard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> What's your number eight, Kelsey?
1: My number eight, another classic. I'm. I'm really just picking all the classic songs. I think. <laughs> I just. I can't get over them, but from Aladdin, A Whole New World, just. I think I also like. Some, I like a lot of the romantic songs and the, the oh my gosh, I love you, kind of songs. <laughs> um, Whole New World, another great, great thing in Full Her Magic. Another top pick there. But it's just, it's great. And the pairing of their voices is amazing. And no one can even really come close to that. I'm not sure about the Broadway version, because I haven't, I haven't seen it. I really want to go, but...
0: I guess we'll have to... Ow! Ooh, my foot fell asleep. Sorry. Uh, We will have to wait and see if Mina, Masood, and Naomi Scott have a good version of it in the remake they're doing. But obviously, the original is pretty hard to top. I remember just... That's that's obviously in PhilharMagic as well. Um, But yeah, A Whole New World is great. It's... It's probably... mm, One of the... I don't know if it's the I don't know if I would put it as my favorite, but it is probably the ultimate Disney romance song, if that makes sense. Um uh, yeah. it's got one of the iconic Disney scenes, it's just it's really breathtaking, great song, obviously written to be a love ballad. A whole new world is awesome. Uh anyone who loves Aladdin will know that one. Yeah, it's a good pick. Good pick. I can't argue with it. I can't argue with the pick. Uh yeah,
1: you- You really definitely can't, because once I lost you in the contemporary, and I found you sitting in front of the TV meant for kids on the little kid's chair watching A Whole New World, (laughs) so you really can't argue with my choice here.
0: (laughs) I do tend to wander, but when it's A Whole New World, how can you not wander?
1: That's true. If I would have thought it was on, I would have wandered as well.
0: Well, it's kind of perfect timing, because my number seven pick is A Whole New World, Um, Oh my
1: gosh.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's really great. It's really perfect. We can just keep talking about it. Um, Obviously, I think Aladdin was voiced by Steve from Full House, but however Steve did not sing in this song it was somebody else, which is disappointing when you think about Full House, but it is not disappointing when you think about musical talent. Um, But yeah, it's just, it really is like I said, the ultimate Disney love song. It is what sets, I mean, aside from the genie, it is what sets Aladdin apart. It is what, it comes out in the middle of Beauty and the Beast, the first animated movie ever nominated for Best Picture, and The Lion King, which was for a long time the highest grossing animated movie of all time. It comes out in the middle of those, and still it stands out as one of the all-time great Disney movies, and A Whole New World is a big part of that.
1: I completely agree with you. It's amazing.
0: Well, what is your number seven, now that I've uh, wax poetic about mine. <laughs> um,
1: my number seven is going to be from A Girl Move On, Reflection. I know probably, I think you look, you seem surprised by this.
0: I thought you said you A Girl Moves on. on, and I was like, I don't know what that uh, song is. My Girl Move <laughs> On. Girl Move On, yeah. Reflection. What What do you love about it?
1: I just, I love how she's really struggling to to figure out who she is and it's kind of in this moment where she realizes i'm not who i'm supposed to be but i know who i'm who like i'm meant to be and there's a there's like the huge difference of how am i supposed to kind of reconcile what i know i need to be versus what everyone expects of me i just i really i think it's a banger no for sure um really resonates with me personally a lot and I I sing it in the shower very frequently.
0: I have a recording of you singing it.
1: That's true. Yeah, I did record it for you.
0: <laughs> it's uh, yeah, a yeah, reflection. Um, it is a. Uh, I have always like we you have always loved Disney music. There is no denying that. I have also always loved Disney music. However, I did not see Mul- uh, Mulan until my freshman year of college. It took me a while to see Mulan, uh, so my only experience, I gotta give a shout, if we're we're talking about Disney music, this is one of the longest awaited topics on this podcast, is Disney songs, so I gotta give a shout out to Heather Traska on YouTube, who has probably the best Disney medley on YouTube, and for uh, the longest time, Probably since fresh from freshman year of high school, when I first found that video, to freshman year of college, my only knowledge of reflection was in that medley. So I heard her version first. And so it takes a very special singer, and that's the, the one who voiced Mulan, Mulan was a very special singer, to make me like her version better. Because of how powerful it is. Um, it's another kind of identity type, uh, the princess gets her song type of song. And, you know, it is... Very moving, very powerful, and I would get. I would say. I know a lot of people will probably disagree with me on this, but I will say it's the best song in Mulan.
1: I mean, I agree with you. Giving it that
0: edge over "I'll Make a Man Out of You," which a lot of people love.
1: I do. I do also love that song, but just yeah, I don't know. You can't. You can't beat Reflection. and Every time I go stare at like some water, like a lake or something, I always think of Reflection, and then they kind of brought it back with. Wreck-It-Ralph 2 and the princess scene and they're like, just stare at some magic water and a song will, you know, come out <laughs> of you. And I immediately I just think of Mulan because that's, it's just iconic.
0: Should we talk about the princess scene in Wreck-It-Ralph 2? I mean, why not? It's the best, one of the best scenes of all time.
1: <laughs> Absolutely the best. I love, I love the clothes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the comfy clothes and how,
0: ugh, they're just... I love how they cannot understand Merida. <laughs> and... How Ariel sings about wanting to wear a shirt. (laughs) It was great.
1: We're pretty obsessed with that that whole shirt thing.
0: We need a Disney princess movie, like Disney Princess Avengers. It would make billions of dollars.
1: I wonder if I'll ever do it.
0: I mean, we know Disney is no stranger to enjoying money, so.
1: (laughs) That's true, but what about the enjoyment of everyone else? The what? Disney likes making people happy. They love making magic.
0: Because it makes them money.
1: Yeah, well...
0: And I think a lot of people would be happy to see princesses together for a whole movie. I know I would.
1: I would, too.
0: It's just tough, you know, because like, either either they have to do it through the, the Wreck-It-Ralph-averse concept, or they have to really bend the rules of time to include Pocahontas... <laughs>
1: True, but you know, I think I think that they they could swing it. They could figure it out. We got some pretty great like
0: Imagineers. I think we can do it. Uh, you know, you know, you're right. I, I mean, I'm looking at it right now. I'm looking at my old the bank I had when I was a kid, which is shaped like Cinderella Castle, and it just gives me hope. Hope for the future. Mm. Speaking of the future, my number. What are we on? Number six. 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 Number six. It is. It is our, mut- our mutual friend, Jen, probably, one of her favorites. I would have to hazard a guess. And it's just... It is not my favorite Disney song. But I would be so bold as to say that it is the Disney song that has probably brought me to tears the most times. Because it is the finale of Happily Ever After... The Hercules power ballad, Go the Distance, comes in at number six for me. Um, I think it doesn't quite make it into the top five because to get the full experience, you need that plus the reprise of Go the Distance. Um, What makes it great in the Happily Ever After show is that they do combine those two songs into one. Um, So it makes it really amazing, emotional, powerful. And especially when you are leaving the Disney college program and you hear the words... Um, I have often dreamed of a far-off place. It will not ever get easier, and it probably will be like that for the rest of our lives. But go the distance, emotional, I think you're getting teary I just, I'm just looking at you. It is, uh, it is, it is something else. Yeah, I can't I'm even really, you. I can't <laughs> accurately describe it.
1: I am getting a little emotional as well, just thinking about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> coincidentally, it is also my number six. Um, so this is great timing. Yo, <laughs> yo, yo. It's just, it's so good. It's so powerful. I think mean, it just, it speaks to so many people. Like, you can, you can do anything. I mean, Hercules probably never thought he could act well, I mean, he had doubts, but um, he probably thought he could do it, but he had doubts that he could do all of the things that he did and he needed his, his wonderful trainer and he just, he made a lot of hope and that, that song just, it gives hope and that's amazing and i'm so happy that they put it in half-life after but putting it at the end just really destroys me
0: <laughs> it's a big part of wishes too so i know a lot of people who were salty that they got rid of wishes like they're just whining like, oh bring me back bring i want i want wishes bring me wishes and they're like well here you go here's a fucking bone here's go the distance plus tinkerbell still flies shut the fuck up now <laughs> so yeah go the distance awesome have you have you gone the distance, or are you still going the distance?
1: I think I'm still going the distance. Mm. I don't want to say I've gone the distance yet, because I don't, I don't know what's coming next.
0: Have you ever heard the song The Distance by Cake?
1: No, should
0: I? It's like, he's going the distance. I probably shouldn't sing that, because then they're going to sue me for royalties. But yeah, it is um, an alternative rock song that is not as good as the one from Hercules. And it is not a cover. It is not intended to match the one from Hercules, but it does have two of the same words in the title. Okay. The and Distance.
1: <laughs> Whatever works, you
0: know. So my number five is going to be one that I know you love because we have often loved it together. As the floating lanterns gleamed. And this is why I was hesitant to say that A Whole New World was my favorite Disney love song. Because as while it may be the definitive Disney love song, my favorite one is... I see the light from Tangled, um, performed by Mandy Moore and Zachary Levi. Of course, my first experience with this was obviously seeing Tangled. However, it made kind of like a a renaissance into my 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 music rotation, because for like for probably about two or three years, the way I consumed music was through the streaming radio app Pandora, and I had a Disney station, and as we are wont to do. And I ha- that came up pretty frequently, and I loved it because, at the time, it was also around the same time as the series finale of Chuck. So, super big into Chuck at the time. Loved Jeffster, loved Chuck, so I loved Zachary Levi. So, hearing his voice sing that, when he comes into the song, it was very powerful. And I found it very moving, especially in the time of Chuck. So, it came into my life again, and then when we did the Disney College program, having that experience with it made it that much more emotional to have it back in my life daily um, and getting a lot more exposure to Tangled as a result of that and seeing that Tangled truly is probably one of, if not the best movie from Disney's recent uh, revival period. And I See the Light is the crux of that movie because it had to have a good romantic ballad and it did.
1: And, you know, I am totally on the same page with you. It's mine too. wait um,
0: it's your number five
1: yeah oh my freaking. god <laughs> but it's it's such a perfect song and it's so it's so good and mandy moore is just uh what an idol what an icon and i too watched truck and zach really <laughs> uh, i loved watching him on that and i love hearing his voice and the whole movie itself is just it's amazing it's all about getting out of your comfort zone and going on these adventures and that was great for me because i want to do that too but i'm a little scared I get a little nervous so i use the disney thongs kind of as like a crutch like oh they can do it i can do it even though you know they're animated characters but you know if they can do it i can do it for sure
0: Well, you know that's what they're for. Like those, like movies, stories. All these forms of storytelling are meant to inspire. It's not. They don't just make them. Like sure, Disney makes them for money, but the people, the writers, the animators, the storytellers themselves—they're not just making it for the paycheck. Sure, they have to make a living, but they they care about the product that they make. They want it to be something that people will latch onto for 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 generations, and you know that's why I think that you know, maybe the Disney remakes aren't such a bad thing. I mean, they did up their movie count to include more remakes. It's not like they have altered their means of production. It's just this last, not even this last attempt, it is this, like, the defense mounted to make sure that people don't forget these characters and these lessons and, and how important they are. And just think, like, I mean, we obviously use these characters, and, I mean, I know seeing things that I feel insecure about depicted in fictional characters often makes me feel a lot better about it, and I as you said you you draw inspiration from them as well and that's what makes movies like the princess and the frog or moana or even even ralph breaks the internet are really great symbols for kids who don't always have somebody on screen who looks like them to also latch onto and that's why like even though disney like there's that there's that cynical part of me that I don't like but it's it's not lying, but it is saying that they want money. They are a corporation. They are one of the biggest in the world. Obviously, they want money, but, you know, they do put out that magic into the world that you don't really get that from other animation companies all the time. Especially, like, I I think the messages that you get from The Secret Life of Pets are just not going to be as strong as the ones that you get from, from Tangled. No, and
1: I, I completely agree with you, and I agree with what you're saying about the the remakes as well like people like people don't you don't want them to forget these characters and I think a big a big reason that people might be forgetting is because I know I have all the original classics on VHS and I don't have a working VHS player so I can't I can't watch them like if I had a kid or if I had like a niece or a nephew or something I couldn't show them these movies unless I bought them on again on DVD or Blu-ray or Whatever we have now, I tend to just watch Netflix all the time. Um, and you can barely
0: even do that because of the Disney Vault system, where that's things true. they go away.
1: Netflix has a lot of like the the second movies, which aren't aren't the originals, aren't as good.
0: Because but that's,
1: that's another reason why the remakes are important. Because even if it's not, you know, it's not the original, obviously, but it's going to be something that's similar to the original. It's going to still have similar themes and messages and that's really what they want to portray in the future and especially now i think i think a lot of people could use the the hopeful messages from the disney movies and kids just i get so i used to get so upset when um like little girls they they know all you know the new princesses but they they kind of look at snow white and be like who who's that like who is that princess and that it just hurts my heart thinking that they might forget these these older characters
0: It's, like, a lot of people, like, a lot of the arguments from people is that, oh, it's ruining the original movies, like, it's so unnecessary for this cash grab. But it's, like, it's not like when you buy a ticket to this movie, and not only are they not forcing you to buy a ticket to this movie, but it's not like if you did buy a ticket, they say, you have to now give over all of your memories of the old movie. It still exists. It's still there.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't think it, like, discredits it at all, like, the original or anything. I don't think it's giving any negative vibes about the original i think people are just a little salty cuz people don't like change i mean i'm one of those people i hate change but i also recognize the value in it and a lot of people can't can't really do that
0: well i remember when back in when i was a kid i was too afraid to go on snow White's scary adventures when i was a kid so regrettably never went on that ride before it closed it is it it is a minor regret but it is still a regret nonetheless um but i i remember like the wait times were never too long that we didn't consider going on a ride. I was just too afraid. However, this new Snow White attraction, the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, is perennially the longest wait time in the park. And for that, for the longest wait time in Magic Kingdom to be about the oldest movie, that's just... it's what you love to see.
1: I know, I love to see it. Except for the fact that I want to go on mine trains all the time. <laughs> so I kind of hate to see it, but yeah. it's, it's also nice. It's nice to see. And they do have... like. The, some of the original animatronics mm. from No White Scary Adventure there, like, right at the end. So that was really cool to see as well, as they have, like, the new dwarf animatronics on the inside, which are so cool. I love them. But then they also show the original ones, and they're they're kind of giving credit to that original ride, which I, I love.
0: It's, um... Yeah, it's just... I mean, they do, they do things pretty... I know a lot of people are not happy with the state of the parks right now, but I love them. I think they're great in the current state. New
1: Fantasyland.
0: New Fantasyland awesome. is probably my favorite area in the park. The Like Bell's Village and the Little Mermaid. And, okay, this may be Stockholm Syndrome, but I also love Storybook Circus. I have very fond memories of Storybook Circus.
1: I don't really know why... <laughs> you weren't really in storybook circus you were kind of in like the in between between tomorrowland and storybook circus
0: but you're still
1: on the other side of the sign
0: but even then like <laughs> big top souvenir i have very fond memories of that um the path to get to storybook circus before i knew of the way to go through the tunnels i would go around quote unquote around i don't know if people know what i'm talking about but that's the way I went. And one time I went at night and it was I was literally alone. I could hear the faintest circus music playing. The fireworks were just about to start, so I heard the announcement, and then I heard the Walt Disney World Railroad go by and I was like, This is fuck this is the best. So Storybook Circus. It has it may be stock I will concede it may be Stockholm syndrome, but it has nestled out a very special place in my heart.
1: Well, I'm happy for you. I will never have those feelings about <laughs> Storybook
0: Circus. But... Well you like you you're a fan of like the country bears, so.
1: Am I really though? I I think I just like pulling your leg about it because you hate them so much.
0: I think you like the country bears. I you, never
1: made you go in with me, did I?
0: You like Big Al because he has
1: a one in ones.
0: You like Big Al because he has a big ass. That's not true. You love big bear ass.
1: <laughs> Definitely not true. <laughs> I think I'm gonna move on to <laughs> whatever we. What yeah? Four.
0: The, wait, did you do your number 5? Oh, because it was I See the Light. That's right. Yeah, it's the same. My number 4, I really would be surprised if this is also your number 4. Um, but we're going to have to we're going to we're going to talk about these two movies a lot. I have a feeling because of recency bias. However, my number 4 is mm, I would say it's the most melancholy Disney song ever created. I I would be remiss to have a list that did not have the Sherman Brothers upon it. I have the best song from Mary Poppins, Feed the Birds. It is so beautiful in so many ways, and I can't accurately express my love for this song that appeared in Mary Poppins, Saving Mr. Banks, and slightly in Mary Poppins Returns. I can only express my love for it in the story that Richard Sherman told that... He played Feed the Birds every Friday night for Walt Disney with his brother Robert Sherman and one day Walt asked before he could even say play the song Richard started playing the song and when he finished Walt Disney said that's what it's all about and Richard Sherman said Mary Poppins and Walt said everything I've wanted to do and a month later Walt Disney was dead and for the 100th birthday of Walt Disney celebration at Walt Disney World Or was it Disneyland? I don't remember which park it was at. It was at one of those two parks. Regardless, he was playing it. A bird flew down from the castle, landed on the piano, and then flew up into the clouds during Feed the Birds. And that's really all you need to know about Feed the Birds. It is, not only is it the crux of Mary Poppins, I think it is the crux of Disney. Feed the Birds is Disney. And that's all I can really say.
1: And it's beautiful.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The message is amazing, mm-hmm. and the fact that Walt loved it so much makes it that much better. I think. Unfortunately, it's <laughs> yeah. It's not my number four. Sorry. Definitely. Don't definitely apologize. Question for Walt. <laughs>
0: Don't apologize.
1: But it's great. But with my with my number four, we oh. are finally circling back to Tarzan. Ooh. Art. <laughs> and I think why it's so high up is I mean I grew up watching Tarzan I watched it all the time my roommate my college roommate and I we would watch Tarzan (laughs) or we would play we would play all the songs from Tarzan while we were studying or you know just hanging out so I think for for me Tarzan really just became the movie um and I mean I love You'll Be In My Heart it's just it's gorgeous. I love all the songs that are so beautiful and they have such good messages. And I think it's really, it's a really important song just because there are people in your life where you might not see them all the time as, you know, sorry, sorry, Dave, you look a little sad now because we're not together. I'm sorry.
0: How <laughs> um, I mean, How do you know I was thinking about you?
1: Okay, maybe you weren't, whatever. <laughs> you could you could easily be thinking about, you know, Destin or something. <laughs>
0: love you dustin baby love you dustin
1: (laughs) but it's true that there's going to be people in your life that you're not going to see all the time or you're not going to talk to every day but knowing that they're there in your heart it's so important and knowing that the lessons that people teach you those are always going to be with you the things that they say to you those words of encouragement like it's it's all going to be there and their impression on you isn't going to leave so I just, I think it's such an important song for those reasons. And then, you know, again, it's in Happily Ever After. And the first time that I watched Happily Ever After, like when I started the, the college program, I I was watching that, I was watching that part um, from the poly and just bawling my eyes out because I just, it really made me miss my family and home and over time, I came to love the song for a totally different reason, because Disney became my home, and my friends became my new family. So the the whole song just has a whole bunch of emotional background for me, which is why it's so high up on my list.
0: You know, that, that was a really good case for the song, and I almost regret, like, I had it at number nine, and then I switched it with Once Upon a Dream, and I feel like I should put it back at number nine now. <laughs> put Once Upon a Dream back at number ten. Oh, well. Yeah, that was a good defense mounted in front of it. Um, My number three is going to be It is not the first song that I will mention that was a part of the instrumental medley that led into Happily Ever After Every Night in the Park. Because A Whole New World would be that one. But this one is the one that is the highest. Um, So that will tell you that Bell does not make my list. And it will tell you that when will my life begin does not make my list. Because right now at number three, it is Colors of the Wind. Um, I've said a lot of superlatives during this, and you have now taken off your ears. Um Were they hurting your head?
1: They were, just, just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't worn them for some time.
0: <laughs> yeah, they, they do tend to squeeze the old scalp. And there's only so much room for your extremely large brain to fit into your skull <laughs> without compressing it further. Um I've said a lot of superlatives. I've said, like, the the most romantic Disney song. I've said like the most powerful Disney song or the most like the crux of Disney. I said for Feed the Birds, but Colors of the Wind is the most lyrically beautiful Disney song. It is the Disney song with the best lyrics. It is the most beautifully written. It is probably the most beautiful Disney song. That is no easy task either, especially coming from Pocahontas, which is is oft-forgotten as one of the great Disney Renaissance movies. And it gets better the more you think about it, too. Um, uh, The Mel Gibson part is not as good. And apparently, okay, Christian Bale is in this movie. And I was watching the Golden Globes... And my dad would agree with me on this, but Christian Bale won Best Actor for playing Dick Cheney in the movie Vice. So he gets up on stage, and my experience, and I assume maybe even you might feel differently, you probably have, you might even know this because you're smarter than I am, but my experience with Christian Bale is that he was Batman for the 2000s, and he was in the prestige, and he was American Psycho. And he was in the big short, and now Vice, of course. And he gets up on stage, and he's like, Oh, I lo- really love having this trophy, governor." And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I did not know you were British, and I did not know that you sounded like a Leary from Mary Poppins. Um, but yeah. Oh. Mary Poppins returns. Thoughts? <laughs> Where
1: did that come from? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I loved it. I mean... Obviously, we saw it together. You you heard me. I was... Uh, my jaw dropped a couple times. I, was, I thought the whole thing was fantastic.
0: When when did your jaw drop? Do you remember any specific moments?
1: Well, I mean, I don't want to ruin it in case right. listeners haven't seen it. If you haven't seen but... it, skip
0: skip ahead 30 seconds with the little button on your app. All right. What made your jaw drop?
1: Well, first of all, when... Um... Oh, shoot, what's his name? Colin Firth just, like, throws the papers into the fire. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Seriously. Uh, I was losing it. Um, the bathtub scene was just, oh, that, that was amazing. Delightful. The, the artistry was gorgeous, and it just reminded me of the first movie with jumping into the sidewalk truck, and just kind of that whole experience of of the film and of the animation was just amazing.
0: Back to *Colors of the Wind*. Thank you yes, for back your back to that, yeah. thank <laughs> you for your thoughts Sorry. on it. It is the newest Disney movie, so we had to get your thoughts on it. Um, so yeah, *Colors of the Wind*. I mean, any song in Disney with the lyric um, "You think you own whatever land you land on" is gonna be right up there because love when Disney gets political. Uh, like like votes for women. Step in time. Good stuff. Um, you gotta you gotta love it. Uh, but *Colors of the Wind*, like come just uh, just like for once never wonder what they're worth and the rainstorm and the river are my brothers the heron and the otter are my friends and we are all connected to each other in this circle in this hoop that never ends ugh it is probably, uh, it's got to be the most underrated disney renaissance movie a lot of people like neglect it but it is so good in colors of the wind is probably, like, 80% of the reason why it's so good, because that song is so masterfully perfect in every way. It is just the best. And the scene where she, like, it's, I know it's, like, 2D animation. There's not a lot of depth to it, but still it's beautiful the way they animate it. And when her hair is blowing and the leaves are all around, it's like, this is what it's all about.
1: Um, it has to be pretty important because it's got its whole, like, scene in Fantasmic. Yes. So clearly, <laughs> clearly, they don't think it has a as you do
0: <laughs> um, I like to think phantasmic was created when they thought Pocahontas was going to be a much bigger success than it ended up being
1: i I do wish though, that in Phantasmic they would have put like colors of the Wind or just around the river bend you know kind of those those songs in there those, those are so so good I mean I agree with you colors of the wind is amazing but i and I do have some thoughts on it but because it's not my number three I don't want to give anything away
0: but, yeah. a perfect uh, inclusion of just around the river bend in Pocahontas, I mean, not in po- in Phantasmic, would be you know the scene where um, uh, the monkeys go by in the boats. Yes. Just put, just have Pocahontas going down the river bend instead. I don't care about the monkeys. Well,
1: what about what about the part you know where it's actually the Pocahontas and they're they're in the canoes or
0: whatever with the with the little fire. Yeah, but aren't they doing the dig and we dig and we dig and we dig? No, it's dig. like
1: well, I mean yes, but it's kind of like preceding
0: that you probably you know uh, i'm just gonna defer to you because you probably know phantasmic better than i do and i don't remember that part but i'm sure you know what you're talking about
1: i don't i i feel like it it kind of precedes the whole that whole scene i mean it's kind of all jumbled together in there but
0: i think i remember what you're talking about now because like, I, yeah I, okay. I think
1: it would be that would be a good fit if they did have on there you know with with that they, they could easily hold off on the whole digging thing for just just a second to, to let Pocahontas have her time um, hey
0: you're the future imagineer so you know better
1: <laughs> I wish <laughs> um,
0: so what is your number three
1: my number three uh, beautiful song very inspiring um out there oh, oh. yeah deep I cut and kind of thrown kind of throw, from left field over here deep but, cut But I really, all the songs from Happily Ever After, they all resonate with me so much. And that was my favorite part in Happily Ever After. I mean, it could have, yes, been the beautiful animation on the castle because they do have the most beautiful colors, the oranges, the purples, the greens. It's all gorgeous, and it goes so well together. But the song itself, it's beautiful. And it's talking about just... Just what if, you know, I could spend that one day like out there, you know, in like in the world and feeling normal. And I think that that it, it's worth talking about. And that's why it's so high up on on my list.
0: Out there. That's a uh, pretty out there.
1: Wow. What a joke.
0: <laughs> I mean, top three. That's bold. Uh, I think that means I might win.
1: I don't think that there's winning. We're just stating <laughs> our opinions.
0: <laughs> I wonder. I wonder how it would change if we did this like draft style.
1: Oh, that would be totally different.
0: Then we. Then we'd be competing.
1: Well, I think. I think too, because I mean, there there were songs where I was like, oh, I just forgot about about mm. that one or. Because there's so many, there are... like so, what what resonates with you is definitely going to be different than what resonates with me. So we can't really say, ah, hi, I won It's like, well, I forgot, totally forgot about that song from that, you know, obscure part of that movie.
0: That sounds like the justification of a loser.
1: You know, why don't you just why don't you just go on? <laughs> go ahead.
0: I mean, you know, you're right. Ninety-one years of Disney songs is bound to be some that you just can't fit into your top ten. That's why my honorable mentions list is about a paragraph long. Uh, so yeah, number two. We're we are getting up there at the top. We are, we are nearing the tip... Top of the list. No, number two. And it is going to be, at long last, Beauty and the Beast is going to be on the list. But it is not the song Beauty and the Beast. It is a song from Beauty and the Beast. Could it be Belle? No. If you were listening carefully, I already said that it was not Belle. Could it be Gaston? No, I don't think I even have any villain songs on my top 10. It is, so it is not Gaston. It is... Be Our Guest. Uh. Be Our Guest is the most fun Disney song. It is one of the most lyrically inventive. Like, like pie and pudding on flambe will prepare and serve with flair a culinary cabaret. That's like... God bless Jerry Orbach and Ewan McGregor, because they probably had the most fun singing this song. It is, uh, it's just so great. It's, it's an all, t- as soon as it was written, I'm sh- I'm sh- I am sure that Alan Menken was like, oh, it's an all-timer already. It's one of the best Disney songs ever created. And it, he's right. It's just awesome. It's, it's so much fun. Belle doesn't even sing in it. It's all Lumiere and Mrs. Potts. And I think a little bit of Cogsworth. And, uh, It's just I don't know, it's great. So much fun. Awesome.
1: It is fun. And it's it's the one time where like in the stage productions you can kinda have a lot of people be on stage doing, you know, dancing and singing and interacting with the characters. Because a lot of Beauty and the Beast it's it's kind of like a couple characters here and there. It's not it's not like massive amounts of people all the time. But then you have be our guest, which is just like this this like extravaganza of sorts, and I just I think it's wonderful. Um, I mean, the, the Beast isn't in it, which is kind of sad. But.
0: And as much as I love the Orbach version, I think I got to give the edge to McGregor. It's
1: I, yeah, it's it's good. The yeah, new version really is a
0: party, <laughs> and he has a great voice. I agree. What is your uh runner up?
1: My runner up. Such a such a great a great song. I sing it often. I'm surprised that I haven't heard it from you yet. But part of your world Little Mermaid.
0: It's not on my list?
1: <laughs> it's not on even on your list. Wow. Wow. Well it's okay, Be Our Guest wasn't on my list, so That's fine. <laughs> but part of your world, I mean Every, everything about it just speaks to me. I, You know I sing it all the time.
0: You sang it in the hot tub.
1: Yes, yes it is. did. It is, it is probably <laughs> one of the songs that I am the most comfortable singing, which is one of the reasons why I like it so much. I, I do like to, to perform just a little bit. But I just, I love the song, and it's it's just the best. I mean, you know, in the, in the ride, it's, it's the best part the best part of the ride I just I can't I have too many emotions about
0: it I remember we got stuck on the Little Mermaid ride but we got stuck at the part of your world part of it and I, at first I was like yes we got stuck at the best part and then we, when we were eventually evac'd after like 30 minutes stuck in that one spot it was a lot <laughs>
1: um oh definitely it was yeah that was that was a lot there there was uh, had to be a life outside of that clamshell for sure um <laughs> No, but I I just really like I like the song I like the message where she's she's just thinking about well you know what if I got to spend a day up on the sand what if I could be something different than what I am like what if I could be more and granted I'm not sure if being a human is better than being a mermaid but she she thought it was she thought that you that if she could do that that would be something greater for her and it's it's like that actualization and it's so cool um and then just how she had to go through her father cuz he was like that's there's no way that that's happening <laughs> but by the by the end he's he's so supportive of her and he realizes that this is what she wants and you just kind of you go back to the, the thing where that was her dream was to be a part of a different world. And I think I think we can all kind of resonate with that a little bit. I mean, we wanted to go leave our normal lives to go be at Disney for a couple of months. We wanted to be a part of that world. We wanted to be where the people are. <laughs> I still think about that all the time.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a great pick. And it's why it's my number one. Uh-huh. I got all of you. You all just got pranked. Yeah, of course.
1: Everybody got pranked.
0: Everyone got fucking pranked.
1: Everyone always gets pranked by you, I feel.
0: <laughs> they don't call me the the Bart Simpson of Leicester for nothing. Shout out Pam Beasley. Okay. So yeah, part of your world... Um, I've gushed about this song so much and you obvi- you said everything that I could ever want to say about the beauty of the song. So I will just say what I've told you many times before. Part of Your World is, it's a special song and it's about as special as all the other ones that I have listed. But what sets it apart is that it saved Disney basically. Like Disney would always be a company. But the reason it's, it, was, it, it was able to succeed and become the creator of so many things that people love today was because I, I firmly believe it's because of The Little Mermaid. I mean, Disney was coming off of a run where they had The Black Cauldron, um, Oliver and Company, The Rescuers, uh, The Great Mouse Detective. And these movies, some of them, they do have their merits, but they are not what you think of when you think about Disney movies. Certainly not The Black Cauldron. But when The Little Mermaid comes out in 1989, Disney needed a hit. So they brought in the princess, they brought in the fairy tale, and from the minute Jodie Benson opens her mouth and starts singing "Part of Your World," Disney had a hit, and they never really looked back. The Renaissance was underway, and it never really slowed down again. "Part of Your World" is probably the most important song in the history of Disney, and it's and like you said, it's beautiful. Uh, Jody Benson sings it beautifully. You sing it beautifully. Oh, thank you. You have that little part where you sound just like her when you say, who wants thingamabobs? I've got 20. And it's just so... Like, there's a documentary about how Disney was saved called Waking Sleeping Beauty. They could have easily done some... It could have easily been called part of this world, anything like that, because of how important this song was to Disney. How important this whole movie was to Disney. And part of your world, it just... When I think about that, it's Disney to me. And I had to conclude that at number one. But without further ado, Kelsey, Elliot, what is your number one song?
1: My number one had to be Colors of the Wind.
0: Oh. Had to be. Had to be.
1: Had to be. Why did it have to be? So I never really watched Pocahontas very much. It wasn't, you know, top, top 10 Disney movies for me or anything. I wasn't always like, oh, let's watch Pocahontas i'm not i wasn't super familiar with the songs really and i was watching dancing with the stars um, this past season and they had their disney night and they had it on the on the juniors as well and they had these gorgeous lyrical dances to like colors of the wind just around the river bend so i started and i watched pocahontas then and i listened to colors of the wind and i really started listening to this song and I and I just realized how lyrically and musically beautiful it was and for for the time that it was made. Like absolutely incredible. And I and I just I love the whole, you know, message of Pocahontas and of opening your heart and your mind to these other things that might seem a little scary or might seem a little different. And getting to know other people's perspectives in life, because that was a huge thing for her. Was she's trying to get this person who can't really understand her to see her world, and she has to do that through like various elements, showing him kind of like the water, like the river, and um, what is line where she just like in the movie where she says that you you don't step in the same river twice somewhere in the movie there's something like
0: that it's just around the river bend right yeah
1: yeah and
0: that's I, the thing like i love part. about rivers most is you never stepped in the same river twice
1: yeah <laughs> but it's just the, it's those those elements where you start thinking about nature and you start thinking about the world that we live in and how what it used to be and what it is now so i think it's it's really important to kind of look back on that <laughs> and and see like oh remember nature is beautiful and nature's so many other things and it's the trees and it's the animals and there's so many ways that we can connect to it that we typically don't because most people don't really go outside anymore they kind of sit on computers and phones i mean myself included but i every time i listen to colors of the wind i want to immediately go outside barefoot and like sit in the grass
0: that's why i remember we we watched pocahontas at riverside and when i think you fell asleep towards the end of it and I was like I'm just gonna go for a walk so I walked out to, I had to come back eventually because as great as the outdoors are they also include mosquitoes so I was on my way back yeah so
1: especially at Riverside because mm-hmm. the river's right
0: there but it was a nice walk
1: I just I think it's such an important an important song which is also why I wish that they would include it in Fantasmic and it's and it's I think it's so underrated as well because people are obviously listening to Frozen and Moana now No one's really thinking, oh, I should go back and watch Pocahontas. But they, but like you should, you definitely should.
0: It's great. It's great. But yeah,
1: that's, that's number
0: one. Number one, Colors of the Wind and Part of Your World. Two absolutely great songs. It was my number three and my number one and your number two and your number one. So good, good stuff. Uh, Any honorable mentions for you or should I go first or? I
1: mean, I kind of said mine as we were going. I I mean, how far I'll go. Yeah birds and oh, they're all so good all all disney songs are so good but go, go ahead because you have a list like
0: so i'll just i won't say too much about them i will say just a little bit of a blurb friend like me great in the movie and great on broadway um hawaiian roller coaster ride one of the yeah. one one of the earliest ones i can remember um out there as well awesome and uh going with that one touch the sky as well from brave um for the first time in forever that's my favorite one from frozen but i also love love as an open door um i have triple little light fantastic love that one from mary poppins returns really great lin-manuel love it um you've got a friend in me awesome from toy story Grim Grinning Ghosts had to include one from the parks, Haunted Mansion. Love it, and Happily Ever After, Jordan Fisher as well. I don't remember the woman singer. I'm sorry, but Jordan Fisher is the best part of it anyway, so it's okay. Uh, yeah. So that's my honorable mentions. A lot of good Disney songs, and there's probably a thousand more I could mention that would just be as worthy. Oh, Be Prepared. How could I not? See, there's so many that you could just keep thinking of. I
1: know you could probably say any of them, and
0: yeah, it's definitely an honorable mention, but like also
1: Phil yeah, Collins. Happily Ever After, such a good song.
0: Absolutely. It's, it's good. It's all good stuff. It's, uh, you just, you love Disney music in every possible way. And I was glad to talk about it with you, Kelsey. So thank you so much for being here.
1: No, thank you for, for having me on. I mean, I love talking Disney music and I probably could have talked all day if I just had the full list of of Disney songs because I keep forgetting them. But. Yeah,
0: we'll just we'll print out like the list of what it's like four hundred songs, and we'll just go with that we'll break them down one by one.
1: <laughs> well, you know, you know, next time if we do another podcast and we do one on like Disney songs, we should probably do some of the villain songs because I don't think we picked any of those.
0: Yeah, I think we mentioned Gaston at one point, and then yeah. Be Prepared right there at the end.
1: I th- I think those those would be worth talking about too because no one really talks about those too much unless it's like Be Prepared or.
0: I smell a Halloween episode.
1: Could be
0: <laughs> Okay, wait a minute. Um Who was it? Oh, I listened to this podcast called The Watch, hosted by Chris Ryan and Andy Greenwald. They were talking about how Emma Stone is doing a Cruella DeVille movie. And they said, Is Cruella Deville evil? And they're like, I don't know, I never saw the movie. How do you not know that she's evil from her name? It's Cruella DeVille. <laughs>
1: Wow, I really don't understand that. <laughs> how do you not know? <laughs> Some
0: people, like even if you haven't seen the movie, how do you not culturally absorb that?
1: But also how, how have you not seen the movie?
0: I mean, <laughs> I can see people like seeing bits and pieces of it. It's hard it's one of those slower Disney movies that you don't always watch all the way through. But I mean, still, it's Cruella de Vil. She's one of the, she's an iconic movie villain. <laughs> I know. I mean, it's a
1: household
0: name. She's right? the I she's <laughs> the most famous character from that movie. Nobody knows any of the names of the dalmatians. It's like, what, Pongo and Perdita?
1: Yeah, those sound familiar.
0: Lucky, maybe, is one of them. Yeah, I mean, I can name 101 of them. Uh, Oh, well. Kelsey, thank you for being here. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you,
1: Dave. Great podcast, as always.
0: (laughs) Yes, I am always great.